Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levain, and as the title of the podcast implies, I'm a first timer in that I had never seen Doctor Who until I started this podcast. And now, of course, I can't stop. Why would I stop? These these episodes are so good. It's there's no reason to stop when a show is this good. And speaking of good, we are talking this week about, I guess, what would be considered the quintessential Doctor Who episode. That's right. We're going to talk about Blink, which is Series 3, Episode 10. We're 10 episodes into Series 3, everybody. And to discuss Blink... Again, this episode has been talked up to me by so many of my friends that encouraged me to get into Doctor Who, telling me, oh my gosh, I can't wait until you get to Blink, and now I'm finally here. So let's discuss it with two of the most ferocious fans this fandom has ever seen, and that is Ashley Martin and Jenny Fayberry. Woo! Hello! Hello! And there we go with the uh, Mrs. Doubtfire welcome. We do what we can. Deity. (laughs) Our good surround sound. Welcome to this episode, guys. We're finally here. We can you believe it? We made it to Blink. We knew you would. We had faith. It feels like it was just a blink ago that I started this podcast. Just the blink of an eye, or or not blinking, whichever you know you prefer. Yeah, well, I I don't want to blink and miss it. Uh, But speaking of missing it, uh, dear listener, if you have not seen Blink in a while or ever, like myself, now is a good time to pause the podcast and watch the episode because throughout the course of our conversation, we will, of course, reveal plot points that will kind of spoil the episode for you. So if you don't want to be spoiled... Like I said, pause the podcast now, go watch the episode, and join us back right now, because now we're going to talk about it, and everything is on the table. So let's start with what did I think? Because I know there's a lot of people that listened to this episode that were excited to get to it, because they feel like this is the episode, right? Am I am I wrong, Jenny? It's, it's one of those episodes that... You, you often tell people to start with this one. Um, if they don't know if they're going to like Doctor Who or not, you say, well, let's watch Blink because it's, it's a Doctor Light episode. The Doctor's not in it a lot. So you don't need to have a lot of Doctor Who history to watch it. It is very standalone. And it's just a cool episode. So, uh, yeah, the, that's, that, you know, the, that's exactly how it was always presented to me. And here we go. I watched it. And I loved Uh-oh. it. Yay! <laughs> I was worried. Oh, I, I did. Yeah, I did. I was it really was really worried. It, it, it was, I was, uh, there were a couple of things that I was not prepared for. One, I was not prepared for how little the doctor was in this mm-hmm. episode, uh, considering that in other Doctor Light episodes, uh, Jenny, you and I discussed uh, Love and Munster. Uh, yeah. Love and, <laughs> La- La- Love and La- Munster. La- 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 <laughs> uh, apparently it's a sandwich at the, uh, the near <laughs> uh, 
and it's monster cheese with a little bit of uh, you know ketchup, which looks like lava. <laughs> we're very um, hungry today. It's very, we're very hungry. <laughs> but love and monsters, uh, and that was you know kind of a a light doctor episode. But he was still in it. There were many scenes. You know, there was that Benny Hill or Scooby Doo mm -hmm. opening. Uh, you know, he appears again <laughs> in it at the end, uh, and he has a lot of interactions with the characters in it. The doctor was hardly in this episode. I was, and I was not prepared for that. I genuinely thought, okay, he has to, he has to be in this episode, like the the, the quintessential Doctor Who episode, and he's on a screen most of the time. Yep. I, that was a that was a little uh, that that was a little spin that I did not see coming, uh, which seems to be the norm uh, with Doctor Who episodes, in that lots of things. I think are going to happen. And sometimes they do happen, but not in the exact way that I was foreseeing. And that's definitely the case here. Dr. Light episode, you could say that again. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But this still, episode is very much a standalone. Very intentional. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason for it. He was doing some other stuff. So, you know, he's busy. Um, yeah, but he was in 1969 going to the moon landing several times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you got this amazing character of Sally Sparrow instead. Sally Sparrow. So going back, uh, we start with this girl uh, whom the doctor leaves all these messages for. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, like, why is this girl so important? Uh, to the point where I was like a little jealous on behalf of Martha. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> why Martha. is the doctor writing her messages? And then like, love the doctor. You're like, what is happening here? <laughs> but Martha's with the doctor. So yeah, why fine. is he writing love the doctor? Well, I, I didn't know that at the beginning. Like when I saw her, I was like, oh, okay. But uh, still, you're like, uh, you're being a little too uh, nice to this girl. Like, wh what is so special about Sally that, uh, you know, warrants this uh, <laughs> this service of like, this is what you're going to do. Now duck. No, no, really. This moment. Now duck. <laughs> Which you're seeing that. And could you imagine being in a, this old abandoned house? You're essentially breaking into a house. You're doing some urban exploring. And you see some writing behind the the wallpaper you start to rip it off which you know is great let's vandalize the house that you're urban exploring and then you start to see your name behind the wallpaper could you imagine first of all me as somebody who loves spooky <laughs> stuff and would totally <laughs> never do that because that's illegal um but would love it would totally love it like i would be like this is so cool and then of course i would think it's the doctor of course it's the doctor you know <laughs> i mean illegal is it illegal it's an abandoned house like in, in the you know UK, it's probably not she's not banned she's not vandalizing it <clears throat> true no it's already pretty vandalized already <laughs> exactly like what it's is she abandoned. doing she's tearing away some uh you know wallpaper that was probably going to get torn off anyway because let's face it most people buy houses and then they gut them and they redo them and these gaudy you know god-awful things so i mean maybe not so much in in england but uh you know i'm not saying i've ever done that in argentina or anything but <laughs> i i didn't have you know weeping angels chasing after me either this is true 
That would change <laughs> everything. And that house was a real house. It wasn't a set. Oh, wow. So that that's an actual location. Yeah, it's called uh, Fields House. And Stephen Moffat, who wrote this episode, and he becomes the showrunner once Russell T. Davies leaves, he said that it was already abandoned and falling into disrepair, and they didn't really have to do much to uh, to make up the house. He said it was the creepiest house he'd ever been to. <laughs> well, it, it felt like uh, something was going to happen. Either Weeping Angels or Lestat was going to show up in that house. So is this house still standing, Ashley? Because I think we need to take a field trip for um, podcast knowledge, Daniel. I think we need to. Sure. Okay. <sighs> We'll wait until the Ashley tidbits because she'll probably even give us the address. You know, it'll be like the the Ghostbusters firehouse. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I don't like going to haunted places because I'm I'm very sensitive about those things. And I I feel things in haunted places. So I tend to stay away from them. We don't know what's haunted. Who said haunted? It was just abandoned. cool and old. You like old? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. So um, I love how then all of a sudden there's this like back to the future two moment where it's like, Marty, Marty McFly, I was sent here to give you this letter from the past. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's like this letter that's like, I I promised. Who did you promise? And like it gets drawn out and you're like, my grandmother. And you're like, your grandmother. And it turns out it was her girlfriend who was like hiding in the bedroom and then disappears halfway through that conversation. Yep. Yeah. That was sure. that. I mean, because why not? We're right. Down. So in that moment, like I was not sure where this episode was going, uh, the way it starts, you're like, okay, I, it's Dr. Who. So clearly something's going down, but I'm not sure where it's going. And when that happened, because it immediately reminded me of back to the future, And then the idea that, you know, clearly it wasn't Dr. Brown and the machine getting struck by lightning. It it sort of created this amalgamation of back to the future in Twilight Zone in my head. And that's what this the rest of this episode felt like a perfect combination of those two fandoms. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. This is, I think, (laughs) the only episode that I'm genuinely not terrified by, but I mean, all of the monsters they have on Doctor Who, none of them scare me. Like I can tell they're, they're robots or they're a prop or, you know what I mean? But because they look so much like statues that you would see, especially in cemeteries, this (laughs) episode just creeps me out. And after I saw this episode for the first time, I was in Atlanta and I was in this really (laughs) old cemetery and my, my my mother had not seen Doctor Who, and we were at the cemetery, and we both got this really creepy vibe from this one statue, and and it was an angel, and she's like, is this thing watching us? I feel like it's following <laughs> us, and so we left, but all I could think about was, was Doctor Who. I mean, the weeping angels, in my opinion, are the best villains because they're the most realistic you know and that there's something in the real world that's very close to them and then you have people like me who take cutouts of them and put them like in the refrigerator on milk cartons so that when your spouse (laughs) opens the fridge they see things like that 
You're very I different. mean, that that's a great that's a great <laughs> prank to play, uh, you know, especially with with the creepy angels like that. Um, the, I, I had a friend that was a huge Doctor Who uh, fan. Uh, and the reason I am aware of this episode is because of him, uh, because uh, talked about Doctor Who all the time before I started watching it, of course. And uh, they, him and his uh, girlfriend, uh, they went to Vegas for the weekend and they were telling me all about uh, Caesar's Palace and how much mm-hmm. they thought about that episode, because especially the entrance to Caesar's Palace is covered in statues yep. and it's covered in, you know, oh yeah. So the whole time they're like, don't blink, don't blink. And of course it meant nothing to me, uh, <laughs> you know, and now that I've seen it, uh, you know, I can, I can laugh back at that moment and realize, oh yeah, I could see how that would be a, a thing. Or if you were walking through an old fashioned, uh, you know, graveyard, uh, mm-hmm. you would definitely find those a little extra creepy. Yeah. You can definitely <laughs> spot a Whovian when they go past the statue. Oh yeah. Like, don't blink. You can't like, oh, unsee it now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're looking at each other, you know, <laughs> then you know the doctor has succeeded in his plan. Sure. Um, so I love the fact, uh, you know, because I am a nerd, uh, and if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know this. Uh, but also, if you're listening to a Doctor Who podcast, chances are you're probably a little nerdy yourself. But December 5th immediately made me jump with joy because December 5th is the dear birthday of the one and only Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And December 5th, 1920 would have been Walt's which birthday? 19th. There you go. He would have been 19 years <laughs> old, which means he would have been living in Kansas City, mm-hmm. which is where I grew up in. It's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, I was Ooh, like, look at that. <laughs> Right. Like I was, I was 19 years old in Kansas city. So it wasn't 1920. Uh, but you know, it was still in the 1900s. So there's, you know, there's that. Uh, but immediately like when that, when she looks at the newspaper and they show that date, I just like, yay. Um, for no doctor who reason whatsoever, other than I wish someday doctor who, you know, ends up, in Kansas City or California or Chicago, and in some way, shape, or form, interacts with uh, with Walt. <laughs> and we're silent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I will take that silence as agreement. Um, but spoilers. I sleep. love how um, you know. It, for whatever reason, I keep thinking that series three takes place in like two thousand and eight. Uh, but at least in in this episode, uh-huh. the insinuation is that the present time is 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that kind of interesting yes. um, that it was, you know, yeah. 2007. Uh, and that, of course, in 2007, what would be the chic place for this, you know, the, the hipster uh, brother of her friend, but a DVD store. <laughs> and... <laughs> And that it, from 2007 to 2021, we've completely, like, those don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it Isn't that like crazy? It wasn't that long ago. Right. Like, and, and in 2007, they were still fairly new. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, the old, old technology. Like, it was still fairly, like, recent. And now it's completely obsolete. They don't exist anymore. 
So I love oh, that idea. <laughs> right. And the idea that the doctor uses DVD technology to communicate with the with Sally. Like in about 10 years, people will be like, what is this DVD in blink? I don't. <laughs> right, right. Oh, it, you know, it'll be like explaining uh, tapes to people, like mixtapes. Remember right. when people did mixtapes? Absolutely. Uh, you know, absolutely. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who still does Netflix by mail, and I have to explain that to my stepdaughter because he'll stay with us sometimes and get a DVD in the mail, and she'll be like, "Why is he getting a DVD from Netflix?" And we're like, "Well, back in the day." <laughs> This is what you did. That's how it started. <laughs> the fact that it costs you more now to do yes. the by mail than it does to just do the streaming is what's hilarious. Um, but I, yeah. I love that idea because, again, you know, my, my nerdy little heart, I was a huge DVD guy. I had, you know, a large, large collection before my son was born uh, 12 years ago. And, uh, you know, the, to, to arc back to that, I was like, oh, I love DVDs. And in 2007, I would have still had all of them. So I, still uh, you know, I probably had a few of those Easter eggs mm -hmm. with the doctor, if that was real. Right. Who says it isn't? You just yeah, who says them. it isn't? You are absolutely right. I, I've not found those Easter eggs. I'm now going to, uh, you know, pull out some of the DVDs that I, I kept. Because uh, I did sell quite a few of them, but I, I love that idea. You and need I to love get those that... seventeen that Sally had. Right, I, I was a little peeved that they never actually mentioned the movies because it would have been cool to find out like which movies she owned, like Armageddon. <laughs> I, I mean, because again, two thousand and seven DVDs were finally starting to become a little more ubiquitous. <laughs> My best friend's uh, wedding was in there. She probably, uh, yeah. Or like Notting Hill. Yeah. Those, I mean, she's Aww, like, I love that movie. <laughs> right. Like she probably had one of those, uh, you know. Dirty uh, Dancing, maybe. Maybe, you know, like when Harry met Sally, like she probably had. Uh, or whatever the all the rom coms, <laughs> right? Like whatever the counterpart is to. Cause, and I'm gonna go on a limb. She probably had Rocky Horror Picture Show. And the, the Rocky Horror. You think she was? Uh, she was a Rocky freak. I. You know, she's she's going into abandoned houses. The girl's not afraid of things. Uh, yes, and, and she's not like a complete prude when she finds yeah. her uh, roommate's uh, brother like walking naked around naked in, in the house. house. I, I think she had Rocky. She's like, oh yeah. <laughs> right, she's like, yeah. I, I've been to Frank Inverters. Yeah, I, I've done the the you know the bra and underwear run. <laughs> right, it's Life just a jump to the fine. left. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, again, uh, I the moment they mentioned Easter eggs, I started. You know, it it it, it like perks your ear up because when you hear Easter eggs, you think. And in DVDs, Easter eggs were huge. There was a whole market oh, yeah. of websites mm -hmm. that would talk about Easter eggs that were hidden, and people would look for them uh, because it was really easy to hide. Uh, because these discs, you know, compared to what we were used to, these discs had such high density that you could hide all sorts of extra information. Um, but they said Easter eggs. And so I started looking and the, her brother, I forget the, the character's name, but he's talking to her and he's holding this like folder file kind of thing. 
and it's got a sticker that said something like Canard White Star Line to Europe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, you know, like the doctor had something to do with Titanic, which was operated by the White Star Line. White Star Line. So, hmm, could it be a, a hint of something that might happen later? Interesting. Which one of you is going to say it? Maybe, maybe. Which was Jenny? There you go. Spoiler, mm-hmm. sweetie. Is Spoiler, that, sweetie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw that and it was an immediate reaction. Um, but then like, I, I, there were moments in this episode where I felt really bad for Sally because like, she she starts to kind of flirt with the cop and the cop's like, oh, you're the person asking about this place? Well, there's a weird connection about this place. Let me show you this car collection I have from all these cars. Some of them found still running. Yes. So many cars. <laughs> oh, right? Billy. And and as he's yeah, showing Billy. her this, uh, the, all these cars, uh, two things immediately come to mind. One is that set or location looks familiar because uh it looks like uh, a place that was in uh love and monsters the the basement where they would congregate it probably uh, is there's not a lot of places in wales <laughs> right it, it kind of looked like that uh and then of course it also kind of looked like the the parking garage at the beginning of highlander so <laughs> immediately they, I was like, hmm, that looks familiar. Something's going to go down. And I'm waiting for that moment <laughs> where like one of the weeping angels will like somehow, you know, show up in there. And instead there's the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had da, that, da, da. right. Like that moment of like, oh my gosh, the TARDIS, it's there. It appeared. It's, it's still Doctor Who, what? <laughs> right. Like all of a sudden it took me out of that Twilight Zone back to the future vibe. And it, it reminded me, yes, there is a doctor there. Um, I forgot what show I was watching. Oh, there it is. Right. But I did, uh, I, I did stumble onto, uh, and I think there's a simple answer, but you guys will probably be able to explain it better than I can. Uh, Sally Sparrow. But she also called herself something else. Sh- uh, Shipton. Shipton. Shipton? That's, that's Billy's Sally last Shipton. name. Yeah, because yeah. that's Billy's last name. She was nervous and flirting. And when he asked her out, she got a little nervous. And he, when she was writing her phone number down, she's like, oh, it's Sally Shipton. I mean, Sparrow. She just got flustered. You know, the way, like, if you like a boy and you start writing his name in the journal with, you know, your name and his last name, she was just absent-mindedly in the back of her head thinking about what her name would sound like with his last name because he was pretty and so so when she was giving him (laughs) her name she was like sally shipton sparrow because his last name is shipton and she was distracted by his beauty shipton yeah Uh, see i completely missed that uh you know that thing in my brain that like names (laughs) don't register yeah like i figured it had some significance because you know it it it, she definitely drew attention to it but i was like i don't understand like why that would make oh so that makes sense that that makes he's di or detective inspector billy um shipton right so yeah so um, the other question that I ran into uh, before we kind of get to talk about the end, uh, Sally uh, 
takes something from one of the angels. The angels is holding something uh, when she goes back to the house mm-hmm. after Billy sort of disappears. And that's the TARDIS key. Yep. How the heck mm-hmm. did they get it? And is that Martha's key? Because yeah. it looks like it's on the, on the, on the same kind of lanyard that uh, Martha has had. Or is that the doctor's key? They don't really ever say. I mean, I kind of got the feeling it was Martha's because it is on that string. Um, But, you know, they got it when they sent the doctor back to 1969. Mm. Whatever we didn't see that happened before this episode started. Yeah, I would think it was after this episode, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I would think it would be Martha's. the (laughs) The doctor can just open. Um. The TARDIS, I don't think that he would have it on a string like that, so it would be Martha's. Um, but the whole entire reason that they're in the past is because the angels did send them back there. Um, so they want the TARDIS. Um, they've brought the TARDIS back later in the episode, but because she took the key, they can't get in. And so that's why they're chasing Sally as well, is because she took that key from them. Mm. Which then leads to a line of the angels have my phone box. Have the phone, have, the angels have the, yeah. Have the, the phone box. box. The phone box. Yep, which phone is box. a very popular. And, and then he goes, I've got that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so many people have that on a t-shirt now. Yeah. Like, you know, that was written in the script because they knew that the fanboys would do that immediately once this episode aired. So, d- dear uh, listener, uh, look at the merch shop. You may or may not find <laughs> a first-time Lord merch shirt that says that. Just saying. Just something to look forward to. Um, that one and timey whiny wibbly wobbly That's all yep. over the T-shirts. <laughs> Those are two very, very popular phrases that came out of this episode. Yeah, which I loved yes. how he's like trying to describe like it's a ball, it's a, it's fluid, it's fluid. Like, and I love how she's like, yeah, that sentence kind of fell apart. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that, that sentence did fall apart. That got away with me, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not the last time you'll hear, not the last time you'll hear Timey Wimey by any means. We love nice. Timey Wimey. Nice. I, well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. So I did run into uh, another moment that begged me to ask a question that I have a feeling I'm going to get a vague answer on. But nevertheless, uh, as he is describing how uh, he is not great with time uh, and time periods and, and places, he uh, alludes to, you know, including weddings, especially my own, he said. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah. as a throwaway line, he yeah. has said things like, I was a father once. Uh, yeah. As a throwaway line, uh, just this uh, series, we have gotten the, uh, I, you know, you're not the last uh, time lord, or there's, you know, mm-hmm. and now this. Anything you, you are can not hear alone. about this? Right. Wow. So many interesting things that he says. Wow. Yeah. Can't, can't say anything about that. I mean, it might be important. It could be. It could Mm be. Yeah. Okay. Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. But it's good that you noticed that. 
Very, very good. Oh, I definitely, like he said that, I was like, what? But, uh, and then the, the last question I have for this episode, uh, you know, the doctor has talked about how time is uh, timey-wimey. Uh, <laughs> uh, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Wibbly-wobbly. And we see him uh, running past the DVD store with the bow on his back and Martha is carrying a quiver of arrows. So did the doctor join the Avengers? Is that what happened? Robin Hood, maybe. He's Robin Hood now. <laughs> I mean, yes, that would be a little more British, but. <laughs> I mean, he does have the TARDIS back now. So he's sure. going anywhere. Sure. Yeah. Are we ever going to find out? Is this going to be like the no. the Queen Elizabeth uh, moment where, you know, he goes, oh, I can't wait to find out uh, why Queen Elizabeth is so angry with me? Uh, no, not, I not wish there was a payoff like that. Yeah. They, they mentioned <laughs> something about um, a lizard. And they mentioned something about... There was something else. Eggs. Some, I thought it was talking about birds or something. Yeah, eggs or some, eggs some kind hatching. of... But we never find out. Yeah. It's, it's one of those no. throw-offs that you're like, oh, okay, doctor, whatever you're doing. <laughs> well, that's why I thought, you know, maybe On to your next like, adventure. <laughs> maybe he joined the Avengers initiative and <laughs> he is carrying he's out. Hawkeye. Right. He's carrying out the orders of Nick Fury. And, you know, there's some sort of egg infestation, you know, from some other I mean, dimension. If, if they were thinking this far ahead, that far back, kudos to them, man. Listen, that's two, the crossover we need. <laughs> 2007 would have been right or right before uh, Iron Man was Iron officially Man. released. So, you know, the the concoction of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was starting to percolate. So, you know, who knows? That's that's deep right there. That's a, that's a deep <laughs> I mean, David Tennant is David Tennant is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, true. true. Anything's possible. What, what? Jessica Jones. He's on uh, Jessica Jones. He oh, was that's Kilgrave. right. He was. Oh, that's right. That is part of the. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think they kind of wiped it, but maybe yeah, like that. You're right. He is part of the Defenders. cinematic universe. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like David Tennant has done it all. He's Harry Potter. Yeah. He's in Marvel. He's a triple threat. He needs to do a Star Wars movie, and he'll pretty much be able to live off of cons for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, Jenny, tell tell the story about the first time we met David Tennant and the gift that you brought him. So he had just joined um, Jessica Disney, Jones, Jessica Jones, the Disney family, and so um, <clears throat> we took him mouse ears with his name on it. Mm -hmm. um, were they Tardis blue? Were they Tardis Blue, his name? No, they were just classic Mickey classic. ears with his name okay. embroidered. Yeah. Um, and I know they were classic Mickey, but I didn't know if I'd embroidered them in Tardis Blue. I can't remember. That's not important. It's irrelevant. It's, it's timey one. <laughs> um, but I, we brought him mouse ears with his name David on them. And then we brought him a little Simba plush keychain because <laughs> uh, in his first appearance, he quotes the Lion King in Doctor Who. Um, and so we said, we're Disney cast members. We just wanted to welcome you officially to the Disney family. And he couldn't remember his line that he said from the Lion King. Mm -mm. So we, 
we made my my little stepdaughter tell him um and she of course is like not wanting to talk to david Tennant. she's nervous as heck and we're like oh, i didn't talk to him um but it's very cute <laughs> so he got his mouse ears and he got his little simba from us so and they were on his uh table for the rest yeah. of the day yeah so yeah oh that's that is very cool and very jealous. I I hope to someday get to meet Mr. Tennant. But that's it for my questions. Uh, Ashley, uh, what, what kind of fun TARDIS tidbits did you bring for today? Because I'm sure you have a ton. I, I do have quite a few for this one. So here we go. Um, when the doctor meets Billy in 1969 and he has that timey-wimey detector, that little mm-hmm. machine that he had made, Yes, yes. Just remember that. That okay. will come back again. Um, uh, let's see. Like uh, we were talking about earlier, this is a Dr. Light episode because um, pretty much the last three episodes of the season are kind of the finale. It's not a, really a two-parter. It's almost a three-parter for this season. And so that's why they weren't theirs because their involvement was so heavy in the final three episodes that they were filming that simultaneously while this episode was being filmed. Oh, wow. Um, Efficient. Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat, who we talked about earlier, the writer, um, you'll remember him so far from what you've seen. He wrote Empty Child and Dr. Dances mm-hmm. and Girl in the Fireplace. Mm-hmm. Some great episodes. So he, he's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the first episode of Doctor Who in 22 years to be directed by a woman. Wow. Patty McDonald. And Russell T. Davies said that because of her, this episode had some of the most beautiful visuals they'd ever had on the show. I would agree. They were definitely, um, it felt different this time. It felt uh, that's part of what it added to mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, Twilight Zone feel is that it, it has that different cinematography. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe, but I, I loved it. And like he said, I thought she did a great job. Um, Stephen Moffat said later that Carrie Mulligan was offered to stay on as a companion, but she turned it down. And Carrie so that would have been really interesting. Sally. Companion. Mm-hmm. Carrie, yeah, Carrie Mulligan, yeah. Um, the Weeping Angels uh, were created by Stephen Moffat, the writer, and he based them off of a children's game that was called Statues, it's like a freeze frame game. Yeah. And also, kind of like I was saying, he also based them off of an angel statue in a graveyard. Sure. Uh, and speaking of the angels, so there were statues, but most of the work in this episode, they were actual actors playing the angels. And um, the way that they made their costumes where they soaked the dress fabric in fiberglass resin and then painted over top of that. And that's mm-hmm. how they got that look. So they were the, like those surprised. living statues. Has, <laughs> yeah. And Jenny has met one of the weeping angels, Yeah, I met which I didn't even her. realize until she met her. I didn't even realize that they were actual people. I thought they were all statues, but yeah. that just shows you what a good job that they did. And they're just absolutely beautiful uh, women because you can tell with their bone structure yeah. and everything. Like they're beautiful women. Yes, they are. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, so this story originally was a short story that Stephen Moffat wrote 
called What I Did on My Christmas Holidays by Sally Sparrow. And uh, Sally Sparrow was a child in his original story. And she was writing a school assignment uh, when she was contacted by the ninth doctor uh, through photographs and videotape, not a DVD. We're going back to videotape um, where he gave her instructions on how to get the TARDIS back to him. So loosely based off of that, which I thought was cute. And let's see what else I have. I think the last thing. Oh, yes. This was really interesting. I thought the original ending for the episode in the first draft um, the TARDIS was going to bring Sally and Larry to 1969, where the doctor was. And after he brought them back to present day 2007, the doctor was going to tell them that he learned everything from a book called Sally Sparrow and the Weeping Angels. He asks uh, Sally to sign it, and she sees that the author's name is Sally Nightingale. So we can see that she ended up marrying the brother. Oh. That's adorable. The only other thing I wanted to add was that uh, Stephen Moffat won two BAFTAs for this episode for writing. Wow. Of course Moffat did. <laughs> oh, Moffat. You don't understand. Moffat! There would be, be people listening that would be like, Moffat. Yeah. Okay. Moffat! It's okay. It's just Moffitt wait, did, Daniel. Just wait. Moffat did some great things like Blink and the doctor dances. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that has to do with when he takes over as the next showrunner after Russell T Davies, everybody has their faves, you know, yes. and their things that they are bothered by. And but there's also <laughs> great things that they do. So you, you have to take the good with the bad, you know, it's kind of like, if you're a star Wars fan, you, you either have a sentiment uh, towards JJ yeah. Abrams or um, uh, mm -hmm. I blanked on the guy that directed The Last Jedi, but uh -huh. you're like Ryan Johnson Ryan or J.J. Abrams. <laughs> were there were there more films that came out after <laughs> the Jedi one? Like I don't I don't think there were other films. Were there? I don't. Like, no the the Rise of Skywalker was the last released Star I'm, Wars. I'm, I'm being I'm being sarcastic. Like nothing came out after Jedi, right? That was the last Star Wars film that was made. Hmm. <laughs> well there was uh, no prequel there was listen, no <laughs> mandalorian season one and two, two were great yep uh so there is good star Amazing. wars out there so you know we're we're getting there but uh well that's great thank you so much ashley once again uh if you've never listened to an episode and you're jumping in on this one kind of like a lot of people urge you to start Doctor Who with this one. Uh, Ashley does the most amazing trivia, uh, frequently has more trivia than even some of my other uh, guest hosts have ever heard. So she stumps even the most seasoned of Doctor Who aficionados. So <laughs> Hopefully you get some uh, enjoyment out of it. I know I absolutely love the trivia, being a nerd, uh, but love getting uh, more in-depth information about the episodes and the making of. So thank you so much for doing those, Ashley. You're welcome. Um, but with that being said, there is not much in this episode that's going to connect clearly to the greater story and the Saxton, you know, Mr. Saxton. Uh, what's his name? Saxon. Mr. Saxon. Mm -hmm. But he has a first name. John. <laughs> Is it John Saxton? 
<laughs> no, oh. I, I think it's, isn't it Harold? <laughs> Michael? Dave, well, Mr. Saxton, I know, I know that. I think, you know, it, I think it's Harold, but we'll see. <laughs> a lot of the season has been, uh, you know, leading us towards that. And there's been a lot of mentions, uh, especially, you know, in some of the uh, the, the last few episodes, uh, not, nothing in human nature or family of blood. Uh, but there was a lot in uh, a lot of mentions to Mr. Saxton in uh, the. Oh, it is Harold. There it is. Well done. Well done. Uh, <laughs> I have a book. I have a book. So, oh, well, Daniel, it, you did not quote my favorite line from this episode. Your favorite line from this episode. Let's mm-hmm. hear it. Because life is short and you are hot. Oh. <laughs> that, that seemed like. Uh, and then it maybe, becomes because life is long and you are hot. Oh. And that seems like a line that would work in 2007, but in 2021, definitely lands you in the hashtag Me Too movement. Oh, but from Billy, it's fine. He's so sweet. And then when he tells you that he has until the rain stops, and that's how long he has to live. Mm. Oh. Yeah, like. There was there was a lot about mortality, of course, you know, in an episode where, you know, people are literally left to die in the past, uh, you know, all you have left to deal with is uh, your own mortality. Uh, What's interesting is, so they're dropped off into the past, but all of these people seem to have had like, like, very fruitful and eventful lives in their own Mm -hmm. so it's almost like it's not a punishment you know it's almost like hey it's an adventure and i you know they they were married and had children and like lived very you know eventful lives so it's almost like if you're gonna get taken out by a doctor who villain uh why not the 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 series of uh well did we actually get a name of the race they are the lonely. They're, assassins. they're weeping angels. Yeah, they're also called the lonely assassins. The lonely assassins. But w- they're referred to as the weeping angels. And yeah. I mean, and the doctor said they're the only psychopaths in the universe that kill you nicely, mm-hmm. because, I mean, you essentially die in your own time, but you're not physically harmed. You're not in any pain. You just miss out on your life. But like you said, they they do seem to have good fruitful lives in the past but it's right, so very right. sad for those they leave they, behind don't they steal some of your life force as well when they touch you they yeah they feed off of the life that you would have had yeah the life energy that you would have had and for these people fortunately they weren't married they didn't have children they didn't have like a uh, immediate family and right. they didn't leave anything behind if anything they yeah they... kathy left her brother but i mean he was kind of a putz at the time so maybe right. he was better because of it but <laughs> if you if you were to have had a spouse or children could you imagine the destruction that were to happen if an angel were to touch you so for these two it was convenient um, but for somebody else, and for Martha, thank goodness she has the doctor who can just go, whoop, whoop, take you back to your time. It's fine. Right. Uh, boop, you know, but, but for somebody else, <laughs> it could be, you know, uh, a horrible thing for them to lose. Let's say they were married and they were married to the love of their life and a weeping angel were to touch their spouse. That could be <sighs> like absolutely horrible for that individual. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that there, could be bad. That would be is, awful. There is something to be said about that. The, would be a really interesting episode. Like the, the I re, but I imagine see, if that were to happen. I think the resilience of the human spirit. Um, you know, I, I part of what I, I I like about the doctor is that he always fixates on the positive, uh, especially of the positive of humanity. And I think the resilience mm-hmm. of human being is while you deal with uh, the grief caused by not being around somebody like that, uh, as human beings, you could still carry out a fulfilling life, uh, even if you spend the rest of your life pining for that person that you were with, uh, you know, so it does seem like a very merciful way of being left to die. (laughs) We'll just, you know, thankfully, in this case, it it worked out. Thankfully, in this (laughs) case, it worked out. And uh, I'm glad that you guys were here to kind of talk me through uh this this episode that i guess everybody talks about i knew about before i really knew about who uh and now i can understand it a little bit more um but is is this really the episode that you guys would suggest uh, if you've never seen doctor who jump in on this one i always like to tell people to go to rose and just to start with the ninth doctor which is why i'm really glad that that's where you started because if if you're going to go for it and if you want to watch Doctor Who, start there. If you have somebody who's like, I don't really know if I'm going to like this, then maybe start with Blink because it is such a standalone and mm-hmm. it'll give them a sense of what kind of concepts Doctor Who hits on without having to really get into like five or six episodes before you go, yeah, this is my thing or not. I think Love and Monsters yeah. was another good one because, again, not having the doctor in it a lot, uh, there's a lot of explaining who the doctor is that a lay person that may not have watched the show could then use as a jump in in point. And then if they choose, can go backwards and, and get even more uh, out of it. But I, I think... Love and Monster, which is another Doctor Light episode, uh, would definitely be a good jumping off point. I think if you're a Harry Potter fan, take him to Love and Monsters because it's got Moni Myrtle in it. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> Barty Crouch Jr. And Stop it. I mean, Barty Crouch is the, the guy that creates the Cybermen in this world. So, you know, it's... Yep. <laughs> Uh, you know, if you're a British actor, you have either been in a Harry Potter movie or you have been in a Doctor Who episode. There's end of sentence. Oh, sure. We joke. There's only it's a very like, small pool of actors. Yeah, there's like five to fifteen actors in England. Um, so because the the pool is so small, that's why they're in everything. Because really, there's not many actors in England at all. But anyways, uh, thank you guys so much. As always, uh, both of you uh, were uh, definitely a large part of the reason that I uh, was interested in getting into Doctor Who. uh, And now I am super excited that I get to share uh, all of these uh, <laughs> all of these adventures uh, with you uh, as you relive them and as I go through them for the first time. So thanks for joining this episode, guys. Always fun. It's always great to oh, it was great. watch it again. Like, oh, twist my arm. I have to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're loving it as much as you are. 
Well, that's fantastic. And thank you, dear listener, for making it to the end of yet another First Time Lord podcast. If you uh, liked what you heard and you want to support the podcast, first thing you want to do is visit firsttimelord.com. There you can find all of our previous episodes. Uh, So if you're starting with this one, you can jump backwards and enjoy the series that way. Uh, If you feel like you want to support us monetarily, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you can visit our merch shop also by going to firsttimelord.com and clicking on that link. And, you know, you can find shirts uh, like the one I I aforementioned in the podcast or other cool shirts there as well. Uh, If you uh, don't want to buy merch but still want to financially support the podcast, you can also click on the link that takes you to our Patreon site or you can search for me, Daniel Levain, on Patreon and subscribe to the show that way and uh, help pay some of my hosting fees and some of the other costs that are associated with the podcast. But most importantly, if you like the show and you want to support it uh, but can't do it financially share the podcast you know somebody out there that likes doctor who or you know somebody out there that is like me and would enjoy doctor who but has never taken the plunge now is a great time to do it uh, and share this podcast with them maybe that'll entice them and now you can have the same type of conversations that i have with the lovely ashley and jenny but with your own loved ones but Like I said, and always say, any and all support is greatly appreciated. And I have no time left but to jump into my own TARDIS and uh, get to watching the next Doctor Who. 